The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Each month, members get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, as well as access to daily digests from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the New York Post, in addition to access to guided meditation programs. Audible helps people get more stories and information through the gift of found time, allowing you to listen while running errands, cooking, exercising, gardening, or just relaxing at home. This year, my self-care practice centers heavily on creating space to learn more. So I'm currently listening to Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, who is also the author of Eat, Pray, Love. In this title, she shares her own creative process and urges listeners to challenge themselves, find their own personal outlets, and above all, to stay curious. Self-help not your thing? No worries. Audible has literally thousands of titles to help you on your wellness and self-care journey. To start your free trial, yes, free, visit audibletrial.com slash bewellsis. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bewellsis for your free trial. Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well, Sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar. Ooh, hey, sis, how you doing? Um, What's going on with you? I... I'm well. I am doing as best as I can parenting in this stupid pandemic. I'm so over it. <laughs> um, I'm sure we all are. And honestly, I try to be grateful because things could have been so much worse, you know, for my family. Um, but it is tiring. I'm seeing how it's starting to affect my oldest and it's just... <sighs> With no end in sight, it's just becoming a lot. But I digress. I know we all are going through it. So with that said, I really hope that you are well and that you are hanging in there as best as you can and that you are really finding some ways to find joy and, and some peace and happiness in your life. So I know yesterday, by the time this airs, yesterday would have been um, Valentine's Day. And I mean... Honestly, I never really cared for Valentine's Day. It, it's, and I'll tell you why. Um, so it really all began in my childhood. So to begin with, I was just one of the handful of black kids in my high school, right? And I remember they used to have these candy grams. So you'd like buy a candy gram and have it sent to your crush or your boo or whatever it was. And I never got a candy gram. I mean, nobody was checking for me. So there goes one. And then um, I had um, a group of girlfriends that were my friends and their dads would go all out for them on Valentine's Day. And 
because my dad was absent, I never got that either. So Valentine's Day just always was like, ugh. For me, it's like a for it's always been a reminder of what I don't have. Um, so I just never really liked it. And although now I'm literally married to my best friend who, you know, and I'm happily married and he does a a good job of making me feel special every single day, I just never really got into Valentine's Day. And Especially, I hate the fact that I feel like Valentine's Day though, and the powers that be really go hard at making people feel bad about being single. And there is nothing wrong with singlehood. Like there are some pluses to just being solo. And I hate how it's very exclusionary feeling. And I don't, I don't like that. It's like it's done purposefully to like get inside of our heads. So with all that said, I really want to frame it a little bit differently by reminding you that the relationship that you have with yourself is honestly the most important relationship that you'll ever have. So use your love languages on yourself. If you value gifts, shoot, buy yourself something that you've really been eyeing for a while. Um, If you value, you know, words of affirmation, then speak those affirmations to yourself. If you value physical touch, then get into a routine of really taking your time with like your skincare routine and, you know, taking time with um, what you put on your skin and on your body. And shoot, we're growing here. Do what you got to do, too. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I can go on and on. But the point is, is I, I don't want you or myself or anybody to wait for others to give us what we need, you know, and that's not just now. It's it's year round, really. So anyways, there goes that. (laughs) Um, This week on my radar, I found an app called Exhale. So Exhale is an emotional well-being app that is designed for Black, Indigenous, women of color. So the website says, it's time to exhale, to let go of all that isn't serving you and breathe life, energy, healing, and love. The practices in this app are what we call soul medicine, medicine for the depths of our soul. It goes on to say that this app was curated by Black, Indigenous women of color so that in your emotional well-being journey, you can lean in and trust that this space has been cultivated specifically for you. And I think that's pretty dope. It's interesting. I don't think I know of another app that was um, curated specifically by um, Black indigenous women of color um so i think that's really really cool so yeah so if you're looking for a new wellness app look into excel i saw that they have um different meditations they have uh, the list is very lengthy so it's really really cool so um yeah so if you're looking for a new app that speaks specifically to you um I'll link it down below and take a look. So in today's episode, we discuss finances. And you're like, finances? Girl, this is a wellness podcast. How does that even fit? What are you talking about? Well, let me tell you. (laughs) Finances are often not talked about in wellness spaces, but they play a huge role in your wellness. If you're financially insecure, that permeates every single aspect of your life. Ask me how I know girl, I've been there. (laughs) Um, So from the mental and emotional toll of not being able to pay your bills on time to the things that you don't have access to, for example, something as simple as healthier food options, and really the list goes on and on. Um, So I'm so happy that I have today's guest on the show. 
Her name is Jamila Sufrat. She is the host of the podcast called Journey to Launch. She says that she loves to teach, inspire, and to help others jumpstart their journey to financial freedom. So to be honest with you, her podcast was one of the first podcasts that I listened to consistently. I remember just going to work, pulling up to a job that I absolutely hated at the time, and would just pop in one of my earphones as I worked, and I would listen to her podcast, like binge that for as long as I could, and take information, stop it, pause it, take notes um, to figure out my situation. So at the time, I think it was around 2017, maybe, 2016, 2017, my husband and I were living in Chicago. We had our first child. Um, I had just graduated medical school uh, like a year or two prior, and this was my first job, like my first real job, right? The role was great, but the 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 environment was just so toxic, and I felt stuck because it's my first real job out of medical school, and I had so much school debt and was completely financially illiterate. And I'm really not sure how I found her podcast, but I'm so grateful I did. And by consistently listening and trying to apply what I learned from her, from her show, I was able to get into a much better space financially. Hearing her story and the stories of many of her guests made my goals of financial independence seem much more achievable than I ever imagined. Um, yeah, it, it was just, it's just, goes to show the power of just listening and learning to see what the world has to offer. So fun fact. So back in 2018, my husband and I took a solo trip to Mexico. And by solo, it means we didn't have the kids with us. And while we were waiting in the customs line, um, the line was super, super long. It was so thick. I think they had like all the planes landed at the same time. So it was just super dense. The long line was taking forever. And I was just standing there. And usually when I take a flight, I'll download a couple of episodes of my favorite podcast to listen to while I'm in flight. So I'm standing in the customs with my husband. He's like on his phone doing his thing and I'm just looking around. And for some reason, I decided to turn around. When I turn around, I see a really familiar face, but I couldn't place her. So I like whip my head around and I'm like going through my mental role that trying to figure out who is this person? I know her. Where, where do I know her from? Right. So. Then I remembered, oh, shoot, that is Jamila from Journey to Launch. I was just listening to her podcast. And you guys know right now, I'm pretty introverted. I don't really speak to people unless I'm spoken to. Um, I, I embarrass really easily. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm like, no, I will. No, I'm not. No, I will. So after battling with myself for like a couple moments, you know how the um, customs line, like it kind of snakes around. So at one point, like we were closer to each other, um, even though she was behind me. And I was like, you know what? Let me just speak. Like, let me just say, hey. So I spoke to her and told her that I recognized her from her podcast, that I'm a fan and, and just thanked her for all that she shared because I had gotten to be in a better position because of what I learned from her show. I was terrified to speak to her, but let me tell you, she is just as warm in person as 
she is on air. And it was just so refreshing because I've heard horror stories of people being embarrassed (laughs) when they speak to people like their faves, right? Like they admire somebody from a distance, they meet them and all their hopes and dreams are just shattered because that person's trash. I'm so grateful that that was not my experience. She was super warm, super kind, and just, it was nice. So we spoke for a little bit, and then we went our separate ways, but it was such a nice experience. But yes, as you'll hear in a few moments, she is super warm. She's well-informed and has a story that a lot of us can relate to. So I'm going to go ahead and stop running my mouth. (laughs) Let's get into the episode. Thank you so, so much for joining. I'm so glad you're here. Be well, sis. So today I have such a treat. I have Jamila Sufront with us. She is from Journey to Launch. She has been my personal financial guru because when I found her podcast, I was in such bad shape financially and I was overwhelmed. And just hearing her story and her guest stories, I made things a little bit clearer for me and just not so scary. So thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, of course, of course. So I know your story. Would you like to share a little bit about your financial journey with us? Sure. So I, you know, like many who, I'm Jamaican. I came here when I was two years old. So like many like children of immigrants had a single mom raise me for the most part. You know, I didn't really get taught like concrete money lessons, but as an immigrant with little money, they did know like my mom and grandma knew how to like make a little bit stretch. So I do feel like I was like taught things just indirectly about um, saving and that has been a foundation for helping me in my finances. And so while I didn't get like the, you know, the education, like most of us didn't get about budgeting and all that, I think it really served me well as I started to grow up and I got my first job at 14, like I saved a lot of my money. And then when I got to college, I got an internship through Inroads, which is a program that helps minorities get into Fortune 500 companies and they get paid. So that really, at the time, I didn't know this, but was such a um, game changer in terms of like money because I started to get paid um, pretty well for like a 19 year old. And I saved that too. So what that did was put me in a position that when I graduated from college, I had um, a little bit of capital um, to buy my first property. It was a condo. And, you know, so I'm saying all these things and it sounds like, wow, like you're doing everything right, which I did a lot of things right. But, you know, for me, I really wasn't in tune with money and financial independence, which is kind of like what my platform is about until my early 30s. So I did some things in my 20s that set me up really well. I think part of that is luck. Part of it it was like some of the help that my mom um, in terms of helping me learn about saving. But really what got me on the path to financial independence was I was pregnant with my first son. I had a long commute from Brooklyn to New Jersey. And before my son, like I was commuting, I was doing this job and, you know, I I wasn't in love with it. I wanted more for myself. But like most people, I'm just like, how am I going to like not work? Like, I don't understand. I have to like win the lottery, you know, build a big business and here I am at this job where everyone else is just like happy to be there and happy to have a salary. They, they're not happy, but they're happy. You know, they're just, they need the money. So they're fine. So in my twenties, I kind of gave up on this dream of being free. You know, like I was like, I don't know how to do this. And then now I'm pregnant in my early thirties with this long commute and something just clicked in me that said, you can't do this for, for the rest of your life. This is not what makes you happy. You have to figure out a way. So I always joke that I typed in, how do you, how do I quit? How do I uh, retire early? All these like things I didn't know really what I was typing in, but most people probably have like your listeners maybe. And um, 
popped up like this thing called um, financial independence and these podcasts that I was like so not aware of pre putting this into Google. And it's this concept of having and saving and investing over time enough money that you can like quit your job and retire early, or at least reach financial independence. And it that intrigued me. And so it took a couple years, but I, through my commute, I started to listen to podcasts. And by then, you know, my family was growing. So I had my son and um, I really got hooked on this idea that I could become free it may take us you know, a longer time, like if I was still working and just saving, but I said to myself, well, I'm going to be working anyway. Like my plan was I'd given up on trying to escape the workforce. And if I'm going to plan to be here anyway until 65, why not just be smart about it? That way, if I can quit early, I, you know, I do that. Started Journey to Launch because I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to like, if these people who are on these other podcasts um, can do it, like usually it was like white men, like they didn't, not all of them were earning six figures or had like well-paying jobs, but they were just really smart with their money. I was like, I can do that. Came home, told my husband about it. He looked at me like, what are you talking about? Retire early. What does that mean? And with that, with my determination, created a plan to reach financial independence. And it wasn't about retiring early. I think that trips people up when they hear about the financial independence, retire early movement. It's like, first of all, who wants to retire? I know in our head, it sounds really good, but like, I do think we want to work. We want to bring value into the world. It's just, we want to do what we want to do. Yeah. And so it was more about quitting my job so that I could find, um, you know, my passion and like really live what I thought was a full and complete life. And I needed money to do that. And I had by then now I'm starting journey to launch. I had two kids when I got pregnant with my third kid, I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out a way to make this happen faster. Like I'm not going to wait until I have all the money in the world and financial independence to reach freedom. So eventually I did quit my job, saved up enough money so that I could do journey to launch full time. And now my mission is just to bring as many people on this path with me. And I always say, um, it's not that like, you know, financial independence is that's the big goal to have all the money you ever need. So you don't have to work again. But really what I want people to understand is what you accomplish on your way. Cause you need to do a lot of things, pay off debt, get your mindset, right? Like there's so many steps that have to be done before that big one that you will reach freedom um, quicker than you thought. Like I feel like I have. Yeah, that is amazing. And what strikes me about your story is that um, something about becoming a parent like so like a light bulb goes off for a lot of us just like okay so this was fine but now oh shoot there's like people who are going to depend on me is this it and I I love that you didn't just sit with that you actually put the wheels into motion into action and and look at you now so that is awesome um so my question would be so I'm also West Indian my parents are Haitian um my mom is was a big saver but what would happen is it'd be a cycle of save the money and then send it back home or save the money and then something happens and we have to use the money up. So I didn't have much of a foundation as to how to properly not only save, but how to like make my money work for me. So what would be like a a tip for somebody, like the first thing that they should do for somebody who is, has no idea where to start, what would be the best step in your opinion? So while you're listening to this podcast, so I think that's a great step. Like, you know, I think people discount the mental work and emotional work that it takes, you know, like they just want to go straight into the action of a budget and making more money and saving and investing, which are all important, but really you have to get your mindset right to sustain the journey. So like I said, like, it's not a small feat to even be 
listening to this because a lot of people are not even aware that there are podcasts like yours um, that can help them, you know, and uh, that's a big first step. But then when it comes to like being really like, okay, ready to start, you think your mindset is, you're ready for it. Um, it's really understanding your starting point. So getting an assessment of like where you are with your income, where you are with your expenses, what you have in debt and what you have in assets. So doing a complete inventory of that. And that is a little scary for people because, you know, you know, sometimes you just don't want to know. You just want to like live life. Everyone's living life. Why can't you just live life? Why do you need to know like <laughs> these minor details? But once you figure that out, I feel like, yes, it can be a little scary, but it will be eye opening because, you know, you might find out like this is why I'm in the red every month um, and I'm not paying off the credit card because I literally can't afford the payments based on my income. Um, and, you know, here's how much debt I have and how much, you know, um, I own. And it may not be a lot, but just knowing that is just that awareness is honestly like one of the biggest things, because if you get that part done, then you can start taking the next steps, which would be, you know, figuring out a budgeting style that works for you and a budgeting app you can like stick to and then on from there. Yeah. Um, that, like you said, getting um, all of your debts and all of your expenses and what your income is all on paper, that was so uncomfortable for me. Like, oh my gosh, like I, how am I even surviving right now? Because at the time I had a ton of school debt and a lot of my, my check was going towards my loans and it just was a mess. But yes, getting yourself, um, just looking at it all and then seeing where you're at is a beautiful first step. See, I told you she'd have so many gems. But today's song of the day is by Lucky Day called Roll Up. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter using the link below so that you'll get first looks and early access to a few things that I'm working on. Um, I'll also share things like journal prompts, worksheets, meditations, etc. on a bi-weekly basis. So please sign up. Also, if you haven't already, please leave a five-star rate on Apple Podcasts if you found anything helpful at all. I really appreciate it. Now, let's get back to the episode. What are your advice for um, parents of smaller children? What would you say would be like a good tool or what should they do to make sure that their kids are a little bit more advanced or set up better than they were? Yeah. So there are a couple of things here. Um, and I'm going to speak from just what I felt like my mom did well, and then kind of what I always tell people. So I think passing down actual wealth and money is important if we can do that. But what's even more important, because some of us are not starting at the level where we have enough to pass down, but is the mental and emotional um, wealth. And, you know, I, my mom, when she came here, had nothing. And then she worked her way up to, you know, be able to establish herself. She even gave me some, you know, money to help with the first down payment of that condo I talked about. This is like someone who had nothing when she came here, had me at 20 years old. And so I always hope that I'm in a position to help my kids in that way, right? Like if they wanted to buy their first property or start a business, I would have a little bit of money to help them. But even before that, even if she couldn't help me in that way, she, the, I, the reason why I feel like I'm in the position I am is because 
of the information she poured into me, the love she poured into me. So I don't want us to like discount how important that is, like this tenacity that I have, like this determination, like if all else, like I think we should need to pass down to our kids, like the mental, the mindset, the determination, you know, the confidence that they can do and be everything. And yes, money is important, but like as long as they have themselves and they can build up their own resources, they'll find a way. And so that, that mental aspect, I think is really important for kids. Um, and then, you know, just even before, I know we want to like put our kids through college if we can. And like I said, give them the money to maybe to get their first apartment or whatever that looks like. But making sure you're okay is actually the best gift because I am so proud also that my mom put herself in a position where I don't have to take care of her. Yes. And so I think that, you know, people are really like, okay, how do I like start investing for my kids? And I'm like, okay, sis, but do you, are you okay that when you're in retirement age that they don't have to look after you? Cause they'll yes. be starting their lives, having their own family. And if you're not good, they're going to be worried about mom and having to then pay for you to live. Right. And so I honestly think you should also focus on you. So make sure that, you know, if you're not on track for retirement, which many people are not, meaning, you know, by the standard retirement age, you have enough saved and invested that you are at least getting up to speed. Um, to me, that's more important than, you know, funding like a 529 and other things, because again, the best gift you can give your kids is that they don't have to worry about you when they're trying to live their life and get off the ground. Yeah. Now, if you do kind of have, you know, you're on track or you feel good about your own personal finances for the most part, um, other things you can do is like uh, money, like showing them the value of money. So I, my kids are um, six, four and two, so still pretty young. But what I've realized and um, what most people do now is like we use credit cards. I know I use my credit cards for everything. So kids are not actually seeing money much anymore. Like they don't really get the value of it. So I think it's important to discuss money, to show them money, help them, you know, check out, you know, give them the money to give to the cashier. So they get the understanding of like how much things actually cost. Um, and I think in those contexts, like the conversations around it, and if they want something saying, okay, if they're getting an allowance, like helping them save up for that thing, even though you can probably just go out and buy it, the lesson of saving up and the value of money, like these little lessons at this young age, I think are key. Yeah, I'm happy you said that because I noticed that with my son, my oldest is also six. And when he lost his two front teeth, he got some money from the tooth fairy. And I gave him a $10 bill and he was just, that thing was all over the house, just like on the floor. I'm just like, do you not care? This is 10 whole dollars. He's just like, um, I don't know. Sure. I'm like, all right, so we're going to go to the dollar store. You can get a couple of things with that. So um, he's like, so what can I get? I'm just like, well, you have $10. Either you can use all the $10 and get 10 different things or nine different things, or you can like save some of it and then come back again. And just seeing him having to like use the money, like give the money, like made such a difference. Cause like you said, we always use credit cards or debit cards. So he's like, let's just swipe it. It makes no sense to him. So yes, that connection is so important. I'm happy you said yeah. that. So right now we are living through COVID. So this would be, um, a lot of us are unfortunately living through like shakeups because of COVID, whether they've like lost employment or whatnot. What would you suggest to be something they can do to like feel some sense of empowerment towards moving towards their future in harder times financially? What would be an idea of something to do or right how to feel kind of maybe more certain in times of uncertainty <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean much. i think for uh, some people um that's definitely the case with so many people's income being impacted and livelihoods so getting back to understanding where you are is key 
you know, there's this notion that you like, I, there was some memes going around like, oh, if you're not coming out of this pandemic with like a new side hustle or like skill, you're, you're like not doing enough. And like, I think that's a wrong way to think. I think for a lot of people, especially parents, as you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just like, it's a lot to juggle. Um, yep. And so I'm not saying, I, if your best is that you can get through virtual learning and pay at least, you know, pay for the mortgage and rent. And, you know, you can't save and invest because things are literally tight and you're at your wit's end. Like you are doing very well. Like it is not easy. Um, and so I just think we need to give ourselves more grace and realize like how much we've all been through. Our kids have been through like just in general. Right. Um, and then when it comes time to like really buckling down, I think a budget is key for anyone, especially depending on your stage. I talk about like stages within my um, like podcasts and content on the path to financial independence. So some people are very beginner stages, like they're just trying to get financially secure, like pay their bills and not be in the red every month. Some people can go a little further than that and can now like put more money towards debt, right? So understanding the stage you're in and then doing things accordingly. So if you find yourself that you don't have any extra money um, to pay for extra debt payments, okay, go back to the budget. Um, are there things you can cut out? Maybe not, but can you just see? Can you look at it? Are there ways that you can earn extra money? Maybe not, but why not just check it out? And if you are in a position where you know, okay, if I were to get just a little bit more disciplined <laughs> or um, just do things a little differently, maybe I could squeeze out that extra $50, $100. And I know it doesn't seem like a lot yet, but it is um, because once you start flexing that muscle, that money muscle of yours, it will get bigger as your situation changes, as COVID hopefully goes away at some point as opportunities arise. So that $50 or $5 that you're saving or paying down debt um, becomes a hundred, a thousand eventually um, as you, you know, proceed. So start um, with whatever you have, know your starting point, but then also be really intentional about what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And don't feel bad if you really can't do the extra stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so happy you said that too. And I think um, as we do little things and we get like little minor wins, like just our confidence gets boosted higher. And like you said earlier, mindset is is such a big part of this journey. Yes, yes. Okay, so I always like to close out with two questions. So the first question is, if you could recommend any book at all about anything at all, um, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Um, Any book at all. Okay. Well, I'll just say I just did finish reading The Vanishing Half. So that's not like a nonfiction. It's not like, you know, it's more just um, a fiction book. But um, that would be on the fiction side. And then maybe so this is a book I would recommend um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Okay, I've keep it's just it's one of yeah, it's one of many books you can read about habits, but it just came to my mind if you are someone who's trying to, you know, implement new habits and change. just certain things about yourself that you know need to change. Like it is a good book to help with habits. Nice. And I've heard about, you said The Vanishing Half? Yes, The Vanishing Half by, oh my gosh, her name is slipping me now, but she's a Black author, woman mm-hmm. author. Um, and it was it was good. I enjoyed it. I'm get, I'm trying to get more back into reading myself. Um, and yeah, and not, like not just nonfiction, which is great, but like even just like to help, you know, feed my yeah. creative so same same (laughs) and the last question is because we can all use some joy what is something that has brought you some joy some happiness made you smile in the last few hours or few few days even 
few days. Okay. Finishing my run. So I started running and, um, at first I couldn't even like run half a mile. I'd be out of breath. Like, why does anyone do this? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, and then <laughs> I saw now, but now I've been, you know, I'm up to three miles and I haven't been going as often. Cause you know, I'm in New York. It's kind of cold. That's kind of an excuse, but whatever. <laughs> but I did go out and I ran, um, on Monday and I did like one of my fastest times. So I felt really good about that. So that was cool. Let me tell you, three miles is incredible because I can't I can't do three blocks. So listen, yes. <laughs> listen, I felt the same way. Like I was like, how why are people doing this? I don't understand. Like this is like, but I would say like um you could it, it takes some time, but you could do it. So if I I always I hate saying this because it's kind of cliche, but it, if I could figure it out and do it, I think many people can because um it is hard, but it's it's it feels so good when you you finish that accomplishment, right? Yeah. yeah. So thank you so, so much. I really appreciate your gems. I will um, link your podcast, your social media, your website um, in the show notes and on the blog. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis.